0: Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. I'm in a period of emotional people. us have all the, oh, I don't care crap? A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm going to steal a bird from the Russian pigeon Mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox.
1: Life can hurt, but life is sweet.
0: Little Way, Brady PG 13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Fairmount Plus.
1: Hey, everybody, this is the Variety and iHeart podcast, The Big Ticket. I'm Mark Malkin. Today I'm chatting with John Boyega, the 28 year old British Nigerian actor rocketed to fame playing Finn in the final Star Wars trilogy. Now he's taking on a different force, the police force. Boyega stars in the third installment of Steve McQueen's new Amazon anthology series, Small Axe, as a scientist who, after his father is severely beaten by a group of dirty police officers in 1980s London, becomes a cop with aspirations of trying to change the system from the inside. And then later in the show, Boyega opens up about the racist backlash he faced after being cast in Star Wars and his decision to stand up and speak out during Black Lives Matter demonstrations. I'll have John Boyega coming up after this short break. Welcome back to The Big Ticket. Here's John Boyega. I caught up with him over Zoom from his home in London. John, how are you? Good, how you doing? I am really good. So let's talk about small acts. Tell me about
0: Leroy, who is Leroy? A scientist, a father, a community man, a husband, who, you know, who decides to join the police force in, in order to motivate change. Um, this is essentially a character study into a man who goes through a system that wasn't ready for him, um, a system that is so hard to navigate, a role that requires a lot of emotional restraint um, because he tries to join the police force uh, during a time where you know race relations is is pretty intense um and he's kind of used as the the face of um diverse hires from the police to attract other individuals to, to to join up and it's basically following him through his struggles through um a lack of motivation from his community sometimes because you know because of their experiences their negative experiences of the of the police they him joining now feels like he's almost being a Judas in a, in, a, in a sense. So you get to see Leroy, um, this, this young man, navigate this this very weird transition in his life where he on purpose says no to, to a life of normality and chooses to be a community man uh, through the police force.
1: And of course, it's based on a true man. This is someone who is real. He's doing his thing. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about meeting him for the first time.
0: No, it was brilliant. Um, what's great about Leroy is that he's actually has a stomping ground is where I grew up. Like, I'm honestly, I'm, I definitely think I'm part of the generation that benefited off a lot of his work in the community, especially with youth groups and stuff. So um, when we met, I was actually with a friend that recognised him, that knew that he was, oh, that, that used to be my mentor growing up. I was like, wait, what? So when we spoke, we we just knew that there's so many things where we, we um, we've experienced and uh, we started to. I started to speak to him about his decision making. You know why he decided to do the most and join the police force at that time and, and try to instigate change. Why he did that. It was great to understand his mind and understand the way he thinks.
1: What was it like seeing yourself for the first time in uniform as a police officer?
0: Great, great. I think um, as an actor, like I'm, I'm open to any role that I play, and when you put the costume on, that makes you feel closer to who you're trying to portray so in doing that also it strips me i don't want to be seeing me in the mirror when i'm playing this guy so it takes me into that into that role in a very cool way um and just to know the fit the fit was correct you know (laughs) felt kind of slick at times you know it was all good it was cool it was cool very different from the other things i've had to wear (laughs) (laughs) so speaking
1: of the other things you had to wear there is that joke um in 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 uh Red, white, and blue, in which you tell a friend, I'm gonna join the force. And then a friend says to you, what are you gonna be a Jedi? So wh- where did that, was that line in the script when you first read it?
0: Was it yeah, added yeah. later? Yeah, it was It was in the script. And I was just like, and I, and I never, I'm gonna talk to Steve about this. Like what were you seeing? Maybe I was thinking about something else, but I never, I never reacted to it. I did think to myself, know as a professional actor you know are you supposed to say you know let's not reference this you know is that not right but i you know steve's good with it you know i'm good with it (laughs) people actually Um, liked it people actually liked it so i was like no i mean i literally i was watching with my husband and
1: i smacked him i'm like that up
0: i was like there's no you know the, the reference is there you know let it be a fun little fun little moment little creative moment
1: I want to talk to you about the scene where you go into the hospital and you see your dad, Leroy sees his dad after his dad has been brutally um, beaten and attacked by police officers. Tell me about, because watching the scene, you could feel it. You could feel it. it, it you could see Leroy. The, he has a stoic look, but there's confusion. There's what's going on. There's pain. What was it like for you to see Leroy's dad beaten so badly and knowing the story behind it?
0: It's funny you mentioned that scene because that day was a really special day. Um, because I don't know what was going on in my real life or whatever. Sometimes you know you're filming these scenes and you can't motivate um, a natural performance because you're tired. Um, it was one of those days, and I was like, Steve, I just don't feel like I'm. Not, I'm not getting it, and he emptied out yeah. the set. Told the crew to go off on a break, and he told us a very personal story to him. That he had no business telling us. Told us this story, and that really got my my head into the zone. After he told the story, he rushed outside, got the crew to run back, like you know, now's the time to get it. And, and that's the scene that you see. Um, and it was it was birthed from um Steve sharing a part of his truth with us. Um and us implementing that into this, into this moment in which Leroy for the first time sees his dad, you know, reduced to, 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 to a man who's just swollen. It's unrecognizable. So it's um, it was a very, very touching and powerful scene to perform for sure.
1: And when you talk about um, Steve McQueen um, speaking his truth, um, that's what Red, White and Blue is all about. It's about the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I don't think it's gonna be lost on anyone that you can basically take that story Put it today.
0: Yeah, of is course. There yeah. Really, yeah.
1: Is there a difference?
0: Mm-hmm. And I think that's a big reflection on our times and the lack of change in certain aspects. You know, a big reflection on that. Um, and that's why you know bringing out this project at this rate, they'll always be timely. They'll always be timely. You know what I mean? And 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 and, mm-hmm. and that's where the kind of shock and surprise for me goes to. It's kind of like we are bringing this up because it's also on the flip side. Even if this wasn't happening. For people to know their history, know a history that has been um, undiscovered in, in a sense that hasn't been given this type of, you know, Steve McQueen, you know, profile. Um, it's just a really, really important, uh, an important move to make. When when did you shoot? When did you wrap? We shot this time last year. So this mm-hmm. was, we, we shot pre-pandemic, you know, we you know, we didn't, we didn't shoot while any of this madness was going on. We came back for some reshoots for a few days after everything, but the, the main shoot was 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 last year before before March, you know, before there's the stuff kind of like popped off.
1: Do you do you watch it now, think about it now, is there a different lens? I mean, I'm me as, you know, as a viewer, I feel like I'm watching it through a way different lens for me because of the awareness that's happened with Black Lives Matter. You know, when you were making it, obviously, you know, this is the truth. But now it's coming out after this incredible movement where it just takes on a different, not a different role. I don't know if it's more impactful. I'm not sure. It's just, like we said before, it's the timing. Timing is everything. But at the same time, it's a story that's, Timeless, right now, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, I mean, you can't you can't control it with everything that's gone down. You I mean when myself and Stephen were making this, you know, as I said, we had no pandemic. We, you know, you know, George Floyd was still alive. We had no. Right. We, there, there was, although we, there are these ongoing issues, but the intensity that we're experiencing this year, it hadn't it hadn't reached to that point where it was established in any other way. Um, mm. As far as I'm concerned, we were still living our free, liberal lives. Um, Boy, did that that bloody freaking change, you know, under our under our feet? And then we, we have this project come out. There was a sense of me that thought, oh my gosh, people are gonna think that, you know, this is Black Lives Matter produced, <laughs> right. produced show that just came out and right at the time. Like, nah, it's it, it's it's not a reflection on me. It's a reflection how crazy it is that there's no change. This this will always be bloody freaking timeless, you know. I thought at one moment
1: I'm like. Oh, I wonder if they shot this after the movement, and I was like, "Wait, they couldn't have." We're in the pandemic.
0: Like, nah, don't look at us, bro. Like, the world is messed up. They're still doing the same things. That's why when we Mm. speak about it or we we mirror it, you get you know the the thought is that oh no, you know that moment now we we are artists. We say what we've been saying. You know, like when Steve brought us a set, he was he, the responsibility of of artistry. He kind of brought that back. You know, when you're working in working in industry, you're getting jobs, you're producing, it's all great. But he was he brought it back to the natural thing. We have to reflect our perspective, the world, and the way in which we see it through our own creative niche, and that is mm-hmm. something that I I really really support and, and definitely understand.
1: And also the power of your pulpit, the power of you know your lack of a better term celebrity you were out there you were demonstrating you know this this is a town we know that says you know what don't be so loud Mm -hmm. but you said you know what no this is the time to be loud Mm -hmm. um when when that occurred did you get a lot of pushback or was it mostly people saying you know what good for you it's about time we can't we can't not speak
0: up now yeah, I mean, anyone that was going to tell me different definitely don't have access to me, so I wouldn't have, <laughs> I wouldn't have seen it. But <laughs> all, all the people around me definitely worried about, you know, safety, exposure in that way. You're going to offend anybody. That's the natural kind of reaction that comes from people, unfortunately, uh, because of what we hear um, and, and and what we experience also. And, and and so to know that I'm, I was definitely supported by those who's always supported me because after a lot of the stuff that happened, Jordan Peele and. Uh, jj abram supported what's great about those guys you know they've always been supporting me you know jo- myself and jordan had a sit down a year ago jj i, I speak to on a regular and always checks in so it's great to to see that but you know you, you you go yeah you go through that process where you have to think mm, is this is this i mean you don't go through the process thinking everything's going to be fine that's not. <laughs> you don't do that you know that's not you, you, you worry, you worry, and it's, and it's natural to the, to, to the situation and stuff, especially what has happened to others with, with much less of a voice, unfortunately.
1: We have to take a short break right now, but when we return, Boyega opens up about the backlash he received when he was cast in Star Wars and the sit-downs he's had with Disney executives to make sure it doesn't happen to anyone who follows in his footsteps. Plus, he recalls his earliest auditions. We'll be right back. Ever thought you'd make a great switchboard operator, or seltzer man, or professional royal mistress? If old-timey jobs are your jam, we've got a podcast just for you. I'm Helen Hong. And I'm Matt Beat, and we host the new podcast, JobSolete, taking a look at jobs that used to be a thing and now,
0: not so much.
1: iHeartRadio is number one for podcasts, but don't take our word for it. Find JobSolete on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to The Big Ticket. Here's more of John Boyega. And you've talked about how you're open to returning to Star Wars, of course, if it's the right yeah, story. Man, that was the such ra- a throwaway comment
0: that they just blew <laughs> out into some, is it, is, you know, it's I've said it from the beginning. If Daisy and Oscar, you know, if they, I, I done, I think I've done um, a Q&A or something. And I, right. so yeah, they they come back. Like, yeah, man, we'll come and shoot some, you know, guns again. But I think at this moment, it, it's versatility is like the biggest thing for me right now um, and in making the choice you know I worked with Chase Palmer as soon as I finished on Star Wars 9 then worked with uh, uh, Steve McQueen there's so many people that I would really like to explore versatility different roles different characters with this is what I do like I enjoy what I do so to stay in one place can be sometimes hard you know you remember it's playing one role guys for how long so it's like this time would be great also to, you know, get into other stuff. But, you know, a little animation, you know, all I have to do, man, <laughs> do them feed lines, zoom, make it work. You just roll out of
1: bed and just do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Um, but you, you talk very openly about, you know, the difficulties, the, the backlash that you face and the struggles of getting through that. Looking back, is there something the studio could have done differently to, I don't know, do, could you ever be prepared for something like that?
0: Well, oh, abs- absolutely. Um, and, and these are discussions that are being had, you know, at, at the studios. Um, a lot a lot of execs will tell you that these, how to take care of them, uh, not just, you know, the career, the opportunity you're, you're giving them, but how to make sure that you um, support the individuals you push into a, a different space entirely is, is, is very, very important. Um, and when one of your actors, especially um, an, an actor who's just so prominent in the story, is... Is announced as, as part of your franchise, and 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 then you know has a, a big racial backlash, and you know receives abuse online, and that starts to kind of like form a shadow on what is supposed to be an amazing gift. It's important for the studio to definitely lend their voice, lend their support to that, um, and 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 to get um, to have a sense of solidarity, not just you know in the public eye, but on the ground on set. And these are honest conversations that. I have had with the with the powers that be, you know, um, a, about having more awareness of this, so that it's not really about me because it's now not an elephant in the room. And the next time mm. you cast someone, you know, in that position, you bring them through this process. They need that that support. They can't get boyeged. <laughs> so you got you got <laughs> to lend firm. some support to the ones coming up because that's what's really really important. But it's good to have those um, it's good to have those conversations and moving that forward
1: when you were announcing the role did you think there would be this backlash did you f-
0: that was sorry forgive my language but I was so fucked about it I and and I'm, I, I I never I was just telling someone else that I I came through I came through theater in London you know I came through you know I, I, I was working at, at Kilburn um at the Tricycle Theater with you know Cobbner Holbrook Smith and Carl Collins and and then I went on to work on Attack the Block and I just, you know, I felt like it was, you know, it was all right. And then you get Star Wars, I'm like, wow, the world is messed up. because obviously Star Wars is different, it exposes you to so much of the global world. So it was like, wow, it was surprising to me to yeah, like, It's crazy. I thought you had to do something, like be an asshole or something. Get- <laughs> <laughs> did Did the studio,
1: Reach out right away, or was like you said, you had to have the discussion with them, saying like, "I need some, we
0: need more here." No, no, there was never, there was never a discussion about that. There was, wow, never, never a discussion. Hence, why we had the discussion. You know, obviously, now later down the line, where we are opened up about it, um, and and we we got on the phone to you know discuss that, and I'm and I'll, I'll continuing to be open to those discussions with whatever studio wants to talk to me about these kind of things because it's. You know, just for the, the relation, so many young people, unknowns that they're going to be, you know, acquiring for their projects. You can change their lives to make sure that they're protected here and, you know, in here.
1: Right. A fun question for you. What was the first audition you ever went on?
0: Oh, the first audition i whether, ever, whether you got the role or not. Was, was um, it was for a short film. It was for a short film. So some short film that was happening. I signed on to some local acting agency and my dad took me. I didn't get it. Um I didn't get the second either. You know, let's just skip 26 roles later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you do you
1: remember what you had to do in that first audition? It's for a short film. Did you have to do a monologue? Did you have to Yeah,
0: no, it was a, it was two scenes. It was it was a it was a little it was a little scene. Um and I think I was just, you know, boy number two or something like that. <laughs> and I had two, three lines and I still didn't get it, um, which I'm still still quite distraught over.
1: How old were you at the time?
0: Oh, man. I must have been you know, 13. Wow. Round right about, right about then. Yeah. That's when I started, you know, seeing little audition stuff going on.
1: But you kept going. You kept going. You weren't going to let that.
0: Yeah, enjoyed it. You know, enjoy, enjoyed it. Loved doing it. Um, it's also, you know, acting is my first love. I remember when I tried to join football, I ended up schooling an on goal, And I had to pretend that it was, I was playing for the other team. That's when I realized, man, not even sports, not even, I need to, what am I? I'm a creative. Everyone creative has that moment. And so I found my, I found my little, my little audience and I've been loving it ever since.
1: Did your parents nourish that creativity?
0: Yeah. I mean, my they didn't always understand it didn't always get what was going on but they were happy to take me to like my dad took me to my to most of my auditions coming up especially when i you know couldn't travel by myself um my dad came to my you know my performances um and and filmed a lot of them. me you know was there at my my christmas show at school my, my, when I did a fellow at college when I was at you know the national theater with my my college group so they had a lot of involvement but the transition between it actually making lucrative finances to live a life <laughs> Is where they were kind of like, we leave it into God's hands. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and now you mentioned the Christmas show. Who did
0: you play in the Christmas show? Um, um, I, was, I was a Nancy. It was, ba- um, Jama- it was a, based on the Jamaican stories, a Nancy and Nancy the Spider Man. Um, I was a Nancy <laughs> and a leopard. One year, I was really pissed. I was supposed to be Joseph in a ten- of Dream Quote, mate. My dad took me to Nigeria. But that shipped me to my to Nigeria for my for my wayward behavior. So, <laughs> so I, didn't to, I didn't get to be in a damn freaking Christmas show, man. I was hurt. I was so hurt. I got Joseph and everything. And it went to my my friend, you know, one of my oh. one of his name was Nigel, They went to him and I was like, oh man. Well, uh, I think
1: I think if anyone needs an idea of what to get, John John Boyega for Christmas, it's a technicolor dream coat
0: exactly <laughs> let me sing the songs in private guys do that for me i could sing the songs with you next time
1: they're rapping me but next time go 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 joseph you know what they say yeah 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 deal
0: deal do. <laughs> <Deal>, ready ready <laughs> uh, ready ready
1: <laughs> <laughs> thank you john this is awesome merry christmas
0: uh, oh, yeah, know, right?
1: <laughs> and congratulations it's really a great project and uh you should be really proud no thank you Thanks, John. Take care. Thanks for listening to The Big Ticket. Coming up next week, Christian Serrato, star of Netflix' upcoming series, Selena. You don't want to miss it. Until then, don't forget to follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Mark Malkin. And for all your up-to-the-minute Hollywood news, head over to Variety.com. Stay safe, be well, and please wear a mask. See you next time.